0: Welcome to In Conversation with the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship South Africa. A series of conversations with industry experts. We hope these conversations will delight you. We hope these conversations will ignite ideas. We hope these conversations will propel you forward as you think about and grow your businesses name is Nwabi Samayema and I'll be hosting these conversations. Hi Rowan, welcome to this conversation. So happy to have you talking with us today. So let's start with talking about trash. The purpose of this conversation is to talk about zero waste. What does it mean? What does it mean in the context of impact entrepreneurship? What does it mean in terms of our work in the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship? And what does it mean when we talk about the circular economy in South Africa and the world? I mean, that's just a few of the topics that I've got at the top of my head. And I know that this conversation will take us into many, many directions. So welcome. And so let's start off with, please, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your interest in this topic and what it means to you?
1: Thank you, Nobisa. It's great to be here. It's great to have this conversation. Um, you know me as Rowan LaRue. From a background of sustainability and I've been in this game for about 16 years where my last endeavours have been around packaging and working with packaging waste and recycling. I think coming from a surfing background, environmental, ocean focus, you, know, you get become very aware of trash and uh, waste in the environment. And I'm going to deliberately steer away from talking about the easy topics, plastic packaging, all the rest of it, because we're going to be talking about zero waste, here. and I think zero waste extends well beyond all the the common knowns as I can as I'll put it. So, yeah, my background really around sustainability, looking at ways we can make an environment more regenerative, and how we can use entrepreneurs in bringing us a more sustainable future.
0: Sure. But In terms of framing this conversation, when we do talk zero waste, there are some knowns that you've just kind of mentioned. Um, what are those knowns so that we can start knowing, like, knowing what we know and then obviously getting to a point of knowing what we don't know? So let's start with what we know.
1: So what we do know, we know that we all generate waste. We all generate waste in terms of packaging waste, in terms of environmental waste such as carbon dioxide emissions, Our companies produce waste, our products produce waste, our lifestyles produce waste. Everything we do produces waste. There's not one point in the value chain that anybody can say we've got it 100% correct. And when I talk about waste, I'm talking about that product, that output that cannot be reused or repurposed or made good again. Instead, it has to get thrown away. Unfortunately, as we always say, there is no such thing as away. It goes somewhere. Either that somewhere is into a landfill, or when the landfill isn't working, it goes into the environment. So what we're saying is that you know the knowns are the knowns, the easy knowns, are the waste that ends up in the environment that we know about. So whether that's plastic, whether that's packaging, whether that's uh, mining waste, builders' rubble, um, even sort of uh, your Garden waste. Garden waste ends up in landfill. It's biodegradable, it's regenerative, but it ends up in landfill because we're not separating. So it's a generation of waste. Then there's the unknown waste. We're talking about emissions, we're talking about seepage into the soils, we're talking about excess fertilizer waste, we're talking about all this contamination that gets sent into the environment in the form of waste. It's not used, it's not consumed, and it results in an excess
0: byproduct, or I can call it that. Okay. I mean, it's it's quite frightening to realize that everything that we use and it's almost like every action that you make somewhere along the line generates waste. And I do enjoy this idea that there is no such place as a way. You mentioned landfills. Can you talk to us about landfills? Because, I mean, I've chatted to you about it, um, or I've heard you talk about landfills, and some of the things that you've mentioned shocked me. And so sometimes we do need to be shocked into a place of understanding so that we know why we're doing what we do when we talk about aspiring for a zero-waste society.
1: So when we talk about landfills, we're really talking about that that municipal or industrial place where we throw our waste. And these are normally large pits. Most of them, if we're lucky, are well-developed. They've got linings, they're protected, they prevent um, environmental contamination. Unfortunately, South Africa in particular, um, landfills aren't all well-developed. Some of them are very old, some of them are are under um, duress. But one thing we do know is that almost all of them are almost full. We're running out of land. So that means either we have got to develop more areas where we can throw our waste, which is now extending towards environmentally pristine areas, areas that are not contaminated, and now we're going to go throw waste into the environment. So when we talk about landfills, we're talking about tons and tons and tons of waste just being thrown into a big hole so that we can't see it. So the idea of a landfall is out of sight, out of mind. And why we talk about zero waste is we say, why are we throwing away all those resources. When we look at our production, at our processes, at our techniques, we, we use waste as a byproduct, as an easy art, as, this, as we don't have to worry about it, we'll just throw it away. Whereas when we look at nature, when we look at sustainability structures, everything is used. And then if it's not used in the first round, it's used in the second round or the third or the fourth round. And then once it comes out of the first, second or third round, it gets reused again so that that resource never disappears. What we're doing is we're taking resources and we making them unavailable. We're putting them back into the ground. We're extracting them from the ground, whether it's oil or metals, whether it's the gold in your cell phone, the plastic on your computer, whether it's um, the glass in your in your jam jar or the metal in your car, it all gets extracted at some point. And then what we do is we turn it into something else, and then we go and put it back into the ground where we can't extract it again. So it seems like a lot of effort has gone into extracting it in the first time, just so we can put it back in the ground later. Which I think is a bit silly, um, personally. And I think it just takes a little bit of ingenuity and uh, technical know-how and a little bit more. Um, enthusiasm and focus on how do we deal with this? How do we not put it back in the ground? The concern around landfills is really around their costs. It's really around do we really need to make more? Do we have to produce more landfills in order to sustain our bad habits? And uh, what are we going to do when we run out of space? At the moment, we're seeing masses of illegal dumping. We're seeing lots of waste not ending up in the the landfill due to poor facilities, so this is just ending up in the environment. Now, landfill is a form of environment. Let's not kid ourselves that it's some pristine area that remains like that. It really is another form of environment. It's just a man-made interaction that we then think is okay to put our waste in. But ultimately, even landfill is throwing your waste into the environment, um, which I, I just don't think is really the long-term sustainable future that we want to be living
0: in. Yeah. So I think for me, what is interesting and the word that came out in what you're talking about is the word enthusiasm. So I think a lot of times, a lot of us experience um, our relationship with waste with a sense of shame. Um, And so when you're shaming people into changing their behavior, I don't think that's a way of getting that behavior to stick around for very long because it's not pleasurable. Um, And so how do we get to a place where we can be enthusiastic about a waste-free world, a uh, zero-waste community? And I know you come with a lot of enthusiasm. Where do you find it and how do you then drive it into other people?
1: Um, it's, It's quite difficult to stay enthusiastic when you're dealing with waste. It is a dirty game. But I think when you meet the people who are dealing with waste, when you meet the people who are working in that area, you'll find that they're often very enthusiastic because they can see the bigger picture. They can see the future that this results in. You just need to go to a beach cleanup to understand how passionate these people are and how excited they are when they remove the waste. Yes, they're disappointed that the waste is there. When you see that beach in this clean state and you see children running around and families having fun on this clean beach, that enthusiasm becomes self-sustaining. I think how do we 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 can't force people to deal with waste. We can't shame them into dealing with waste because waste is part of our understanding. It is something that we have as as newer generations have been brought up with. You have disposable livestock. We're also told, you know, fast fashion, change your phone every two years, upgrade your car every three years. This is the lifestyle that we've been brought up with. So it's about education. And it's about understanding that this lifestyle needs to change. doesn't mean we have to dumb it down. Um, When people start talking about lifestyle changes, they mean, oh, do you want us to go live back in caves with um, loincloths? It's no. What we need to do is we need to build things and create stuff that doesn't break down in two years, that doesn't need to be disposed, that can be reused and create new ways for us to live and enjoy that world and those amazing lifestyles with a reduced cost, um, reduced waste cost. So the enthusiasm and the, um, the way we need to do this is around making waste beautiful. So let's have a look at waste in some ways that has become beautiful. So when you take old pet bottles and you turn them into new clothes, while the new clothes needs to be dealt with, and that will also end up in waste, so we haven't dealt with the problem completely, we've taken something that's predominantly ugly, a thrown-away bottle, and we've turned it into something that is nice. So here's a solution. Now we just need to work out how do we take that jacket and turn it back into either an ugly bottle or back into another nice jacket and so on and so forth. So the idea of retirement enthusiasm is around understanding the value creation and the beauty within the product. And let's not see it as an ugly throwaway item. Right.
0: So, I mean, now we're starting to talk about solutions, we're starting to talk about moving away now from the shame and rather looking at waste as a beautiful something, or at least as a driver towards desirable objects and, in fact, things that can still support our lifestyles. That means we're talking about entrepreneurship. How do we bring in this idea of entrepreneurship and talk about zero waste?
1: Entrepreneurship and zero waste, I think, go hand in glove very, very well. The reason is is that most of our waste problems is a result of large industrial processes that are well embedded in our society. We also have opportunities around gaps within our current um, infrastructure system, whether that's in the communities, whether that's in our cities, whether that's in our households, around waste. So the current system and the current infrastructure that we have in place cannot deal with the waste, nor is it dealing with how to change that. And entrepreneurs are the change agents. They're the ones that are going to disrupt. So an entrepreneur, a large corporate that's generating waste at very low cost, is unlikely to try and change that system from within. But an entrepreneur who sees this as an opportunity can change the system, leapfrog the entire process, and provide a solution. So, zero waste and and ingenuity, which is where the entrepreneurs really come on board, is that it's around the ingenuity of new business models, of new processes, of new practices that is going to drive a zero waste economy. We're talking things, and we'll probably get to that a little bit soon, is circular economy. So, how do we change model? So, everyone talks about, you know, the milkman. Why aren't we bringing the milkman back? Instead of buying disposable milk bottles, etc. Now, logistically, the milkman is an expensive model, but there are a couple of models being tinkered with by entrepreneurs around how do I create something similar to a milkman where people can return their milk bottles maybe back to the retail store, so it's not delivered to your home, but you can still take the bottle back. So you become the milkman, for example. So you can You deliver your own milk and then you take your bottle back and collect more milk the next day. These are models that are kind of being used and being driven and and those are going to be driven by the entrepreneurs. They're not going to be driven by a large dairy manufacturer who's got a vested interest in the current system. So entrepreneurs are the key to the zero-waste economy.
0: Yeah, I love that example. Just recently I bought a beauty product from a local um, entrepreneur who's producing vegan, um, you know, animal, cruelty-free beauty products. And her model is she packages everything in glass bottles. And then when you have finished your product, you take it back to her shop. And then she gives you a refill from this massive sort of vat And it comes in not half the price for what you'd paid for the bottle. Um, And she actually then at some point, I think she keeps track of how how many times you reuse the bottle. She then collects the bottle from you after a certain number of uses so that it can then be cleaned and you get a new one again. And so I loved that. And it kind of also promoted, I guess, some sort of customer loyalty there's like an engagement with the product with the brand you you can't wait to, in weird way to finish this product so you can go get a refill there was an interesting psychology to it which actually saw me buying more of the product than less so um i think there's these there are ways in which entrepreneurs can bring it in and it's not being shoved down your throat that we're going zero waste but it's actually saying this is all part of the experience um and so i like this idea yeah. Um, Rowan, I mean, there's also, so you, you started talking a little bit about circular economy. Are you able to bring us into the conversation in terms of what are we talking about, when we say zero waste, but what are we touching on when we talk about it from a global economy point of view, from a local economy point of view? Who are driving, who are the people driving these conversations? Are there any policy directives from a global level or even a local level, and for us local being South Africa? Sure.
1: So, there's a lot of conversation happening in the area. Uh, Circular economy conversations are are booming and blooming all over the world, right to the point where the city of Cape Town, for example, has a circular economy, um, not division, but a focus on how to make um, the city of Cape Town more circular. Um, The city of Johannesburg is working on something similar, as far as I understand. And even within our local government, there are discussions around how do we make South Africa a more circular economic um, environment. And we're talking here around how do we take processes and make sure we don't lose the value associated with the resources within those processes. And this goes all the way from waste, all the way through to um, you know, rental agreements. How do we make sure that the city is using regenerative uh, circular processes and it's um, purchasing decisions. How do we make sure that, you know, we're putting new seats in the stadium, for example. Are those seats made from recycled material and are we making them locally? It's those sort of decisions and discussions that are being had which are driving this. And given the landfill situation, there is a lot of discussion around how do we make sure that waste doesn't end up in landfill. And this is starting to look at legislation. So um, currently out in government, local government at the Western Cape level is looking at 50% removal of organic waste to landfall by 2023. That's legislation with 100% from, if I'm not mistaken, by 2027. So there's a massive um, organics um, removal from landfall um, being driven locally. If we look in terms of broader government in South Africa, we're looking at the, the um, extended producer responsibility legislation, the Gazette that's come out, which is putting pressure on producers of various sorts of packaging to, to be more responsible for what happens to that packaging after the fact. And this is packaging from glass, paper, tin, all the way through plastics, et cetera. So it's the full gambit of packaging. Internationally, you're seeing a lot more legislation coming through around what people can do with waste. So you saw China bring in um, operations, uh, uh, clean sword or sword something—I can't remember what it was called now. But basically China just stopped importing waste, so that resulted in a whole lot of um, waste cu- accumulation in Australia and Europe and all the rest of it. And so they were putting in place lots of legislation around what to deal, to do to deal with this waste problem. So, it's a global pandemic, um, and use the word pandemic deliberately given our times. It is a problem. It is something that everybody's dealing with, um, and how we're dealing with it is, is interestingly similar but unique. So, similar in the sense that everyone's gone circular and talking circular economy, unique in that what works in South Africa might not work in Australia because of the different types of geographies, the different types of population what we consume, what we manufacture. Um, And then there might be very similar overlaps. Australia is a heavy mining um, continent, and South Africa is too. And that might not work so much in, um, where's the non-mining area, I don't know, Costa Rica or something like that, where where they've gone off 100% renewable energy, um, and that's what their focus has been. So they're reducing emission waste um, and so on. So, yeah, so it's a global issue.
0: Global legislation. Yeah, and I think for me, bringing that question in around what are the policy drivers at a local level, an international level, it speaks to the fact that there's actual real-life market opportunities here. Because the moment you have legislation driving changes in behavior from a big business level or from an individual level, it means solutions need to come into place to fill in the gaps as we shift and pivot away and of course during these times the word pivot is used all the time um but i think for me it's important to bring in this idea of market opportunities to the entrepreneurs to understand that this isn't some side dish sitting alongside you know mainstream entrepreneurship or big business this is the way of business this is the way of the future And so what is what are your how do you feel about the prospects of entrepreneurs in, you know, focused on the goal of attaining zero waste?
1: I think I think it's a it's a great opportunity and a great area to be in right now. The the legislative changes is one. There's also the emotive change where people are changing their habits. People are looking for alternatives. So things like lifetime guarantees on um, clothing and bags. If it breaks, bring it back. We'll repair it. It's creating that that loyalty, that 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 um, solution to a problem. And I think what we need to understand is zero waste is not necessarily about actually dealing with waste. It's about how do we stop waste from occurring in the first place. And I think here's where the entrepreneurial opportunities really sort of leap out to me. It's around how do I take a process, an industrial process, and change it so that it doesn't generate waste in the first place. Whether that's a retail opportunity that says, bring back your your um, clothing and we will repair it so you don't throw it away. Or whether that's an engineering process that completely changes the way something is manufactured from the ground up. You know, that's what it's all about to me. And that's where the entrepreneurial opportunities lie. And then it extends further and it says, well, if I'm an entrepreneur that has a opportunity, maybe I can put that opportunity into the supply chain of a large corporate. So you can start to sort of create opportunities throughout the value chain. Um, so whether it's directly at a retail level of, of offering unique services, unique um, buybacks, unique um, um, return policies, etc. cetera or whether it's actually at the large municipal facilities, new techniques of dealing with waste, or whether it's engineering, it really expands that whole gambit around how do I reduce waste? And how do I disrupt this linear economy of make, take, take, make, and throw away? Mm, mm.
0: Rowan, if you had to think about... What are the three businesses that you've seen internationally or locally here in South Africa that you've seen driving some innovative and unique solutions that entrepreneurs could maybe just go look at as maybe a form of inspiration or a form of um, case study? Maybe three is a lot. So let's start with one. No,
1: I think we can get there. Look. Um, locally, there are, there are a few um, companies that we know of that are dealing with this. Um, a local group that's sort of really inspiring, I think, um, in the fashion industry is a company called ReWoven. Um, they're taking existing fabric waste and turning it into, um, into new fabric waste, so recycling fabric waste. And we know how fabric is a really big waste generation and the design and fashion is very big in the waste industry. I think um then uh, there are a couple of local um companies doing um return systems. Uh you 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 mentioned your company where your the company you bought from. I can't remember the name that you said, but you know, they they've got return systems in terms of, of, of buybacks. Um and then I just think so off the top of my head, there's a little company called Sealand Gear. They're using fabric in terms of Recycled fabric, first of all, it's like old sales, etc. They're using that, but then they also have they have a lifetime guarantee on their products. You break it, you bring it back, don't throw it away. And then all of their ways, they're looking at ways to repurpose their ways directly oh. with other companies, um, such as Rewoven and, and, and the life and 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 similar. Um, and then internationally, there's a few. One of them that comes to mind is a group called Loop. Um, they're a subset of Terra Cycle, and effectively they're working with all the large uh, manufacturers and brand owners, and how to do return products. So send your product out in beautiful packaging. Gets consumed. You put the packaging back into the envelope. You send it back via loop. It gets refilled and it gets sent back to you. Now that's that's a logistics distribution model similar to Amazon, except that they take the product back when it's finished. Whereas your Amazon product, for example, when you finish with it, what do you do? so they're Definitely. they're adding the 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 reverse logistics loop onto that so those those are a few um a lot of the companies that are doing it are are doing it just because it's their business model um so it's almost hard to pinpoint and say this company is specifically doing this as a result of trying to be zero waste it's more a case of this just makes economic and business sense for these companies and they're looking at it and going this is what we need to do this is how we need to do it and and, and
0: so on, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing those because I think what we'll do, we'll make sure that those companies will list them in the episode notes because sometimes once you see it, I mean, I guess it's seeing as believing type of um, scenario. So Rowan, in ending off our conversation, where can people find you in terms of being able to follow some of your thoughts, um, some of the things that you sometimes share? Um, how do we find you on social media? Because that's important.
1: So, you can find me on the Branson Center site. So, on Branson Center online, um, under the Waste Forum, I'm on the Waste Forum there. And we're also on the general forum and discussion um, platform on the Branson Center. And then, yeah, this other area you can find me is on LinkedIn. Um, I am not that social on all the other platforms. I find that those two are quite informative and keep me very busy as it is. So, that's it, that's where you can find me.
0: Thank you. Do you have any last thoughts to share with the entrepreneurs, maybe something to inspire them or give them something to think about?
1: I would just say that if you have a great idea um, around waste and or an engineering or business concept that you think is going to really revolutionize how people do business and as a result, reduce your waste, you know, go Let's get it started. Let's um let's get your ideas out there. Let's have a conversation. Um come have a conversation with us at the Branson Center and let's um see what, what can be made of
0: them. Thank you, Rowan. It's been such a pleasure getting to know more a little um, about this Zero Waste and your thoughts about this. And thank you for your time and for this conversation. And I look forward to chatting to you some more and of course look forward to growing the forum that we have in the Zero Waste Challenge on the Bransoncentre.za. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Conversation with the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship South Africa. Please share your thoughts and questions raised by this conversation in the forums. If you're not registered on a forum, visit bransoncenter.co.za and register yourself. Many thanks to our sound engineer, T. Kraikagana, whom you can find in the American Corner Cape Town.